welcome to Relax Mel, podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey, everybody. Hello and welcome to Relax Mel. This is episode number 81. And this week we're going to actually have another uh, conversation with a, with an author. His name is John Tang. He is a motivational speaker, a, uh, just an all around great guy. He has wrote a book that is called The Hero Mindset, Becoming the Hero of Your Own Adventure. And this is a, a book that helps people not just men, but women too, helps people to be able to come to get past that, that area where we all panic. He, uh, it's it, a lot of people like to refer to it as that midlife crisis where, you know, men go off and they start dating, uh, uh, later, uh, later models of, of, of people, of, of young women and may buy Corvettes and all this other stuff. And it really, if you're not, uh, you're not having a plan, you don't have a plan set out. You're going to end up messing things up and you're really going to be shooting yourself in the foot and you're going to wonder where everything's, ha- what, are, what all happened. And John helps explain it. And we talk about, uh, the dreaded midlife crisis and kind of talk about why he doesn't like that. So anyhow, let's go ahead and let's not waste any more time. Let's jump on into the, uh, into the discussion now. And so today we have John Tang and he is a, an author, motivational speaker, and he has got a new book that's out. It's called the hero mindset. And that's they, uh, when I was, uh, got reached, uh, reached to and was wanted to, wanted to know if I wanted to read the book and, and see what it was about. It's like, all right, start, let's, let's see what this is. We're talking mindset, which is something that, uh, all you guys know I like to, like to talk about. Mindset of how you approach something is so incredibly important. And John's book is, one where it, you're focusing, well, well, let, let me go ahead and let me introduce John. I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. So, uh, John, uh, welcome to the show. Glad you were able to make it. And, and how's, uh, how's everything with you been running on this fine day? Oh, today's a beautiful day. Uh, my, uh, four kids are out and about running around doing their thing and, and that took up take at this time here to, to speak with you, Brian, and I'm honored to be able to be a part of your call and, and well, uh, your I'm, listenership. I'm glad that you were able to uh, you were able to come onto the show too, because I think you got some uh, great information that'll help uh, our guys out. Now you see uh, with uh, with hero mindset and looking over on your on your your site, which is uh, it, which is the 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 Thrive Extra. And I didn't say that right, did I? Let's Live extra. Live extra. Yeah. Right. With the with your your on your site, uh, live extra. You have uh, kind of talk uh, and focus in a lot about um, about dealing with, I guess, the midlife. Is that kind of like where where most people handle are coming up against that that uh, 
that horrible midlife crisis? Is that what your what your overall overall uh, area of uh, uh, topic is about? Is just kind of the midlife crisis or or what? Well, I mean, um, crisis is a term that gets used really. It's too focused during the midlife years when the whole life is a crisis. You know, when a okay. baby's born. That's a crisis. It <laughs> yeah, goes from a very warm, soft, comfortable place, right? Uh-huh. And then is thrust out into the cold environment and gets slapped on the butt. <laughs> you know, so that's crisis yeah. for the baby, right? And then a teenager is going through puberty and adolescence yeah. and trying to figure out, you know, who he or she is. That's that's a crisis, you know. So right. when we say crisis, I I I really tried to make it clear that midlife isn't the crisis; it's one of them. It's part of this. This the entire evolution of what's happening through life. Okay, and um, so that's but that's where I focus for men and women between the ages of thirty and sixty-five, and that's kind of what I've identified as. You know, if we were going to live to about ninety years old, that, I took the I took the the the, the two-third sections right there, and, and then called that you know my demographic. Okay, and no, I'm not uh, um, being forty-eight. I that definitely fits right into uh, in with it, and I. And I, I don't know if, again, it's, I guess, yeah, that, the, the term crisis over gets, uh, gets overused a little bit because, yeah, I kind of had the, the existential, uh, the wake up call of about the time I hit 40, all of a sudden I was walking around and I, it just kind of dawned on me. It's like, dude, you've made it to 40 and you really hadn't done much with your life yet. Or at least that's how I felt is that, you know, you hadn't done anything. It's like, dude, you're, you better start to, better start uh figuring out what it is you really want to do if there's anything big you want to tackle and so there was that whole you know there was i don't know probably two three years of really kind of sweating it of going oh crud i'm i'm not you know it was really was beaten up on myself that i wasn't hadn't done anything i really hadn't accomplished much all i was just a just a truck driver who who is who's away from the family all the time hadn't completed anything i wanted to take the kid you know there's the, all those places you wanted to take your kids and just never you know before you knew it uh life had come along and uh had carried you further downstream and you had thought you had just barely hopped into, uh, into the river itself. So is that, so is that when you're talking about, uh, helping people with their, with their midlife, is that that whole, Oh crud, I need to do something with my life. That's what you're, what you're kind of helping. One of the things that you're helping them with then is what, is what you, what you're saying. Yeah. And I, yes, yes, it is, Brian. And I'll tell you, I'm 49 years old. And so, I mean, I've gone through that same thing where, you know, hey, reassessing kind of at a fork in a row, what, what am I going to do next? I talk a lot about this in my book, but I, I want to make this point that, you know, regardless of where you think you are in your life of what you've accomplished, I, I've been, I'm around very, very, who on the outside looking in, you would think are very successful people, millionaires, mm-hmm. business owners, billionaires. And uh, I've got a friend who's a psychiatrist and who confided to me, he said, you know, John, my clientele are all men who are very, very successful and they're miserable. Mm-hmm. They work so hard to hone their craft, accomplish great things in whatever specialty it happened to be. It could be the military. It could be the business world, whatever, that sports. Right. And they, they slashed and burned their way to the top. They, they were, they, their family, their friends. Uh, maybe even some of their business associates. Right. And now they're at the top of this ladder, this peak alone with no one really to who they trust to share these great accomplishments with. So, you know, 
it's a it's a it's a dynamic that's going to happen to any man or woman, especially mm. men. Right. It's going to happen because we're so accomplishment based, uh, regardless of where you think you are on this scale. Once you hit this age, you get into that 40, that 40 plus 35, you're all reassessing like, hey, what have I done? Or I've done this, but I'm still empty. So you're going to hit this moment of this crisis, just like you did when you were born. Mm-hmm. And this book is about how do you deal with that? How do you take from the point where you're at to redirect to where you can feel fulfilled in the future. Okay. So, and that's, you mentioned how you guys get up to that, almost that, that pinnacle of what they believe they were, they were striving for where they, you know, whether they are wanting to become an accomplished author or, you know, whatever it is that they've strove to do. And they've actually in all instances became successful, but yet they, as you said, they really don't feel like they have a whole lot of people they could share that with. Now, would that be also with the case of, cause one thing I've noticed is so many of us guys, especially when we get married, we just, we go to the, to the, almost to the extreme of where, like it says in the Bible, we're to cleave to our, uh, uh, to our, our, our wife. And we almost take that to mean that we're supposed to ignore, drop everybody. And so many of us guys nowadays don't have, don't have a, a good band of brothers, a, a network of men to help really push us along. And so, yeah, that whole journey of getting to the, to the, the summit of what our, of what we're wanting to do, it was kind of a lonely journey. And then we get up there and we're like, yeah, I made it. And what, dude? There's no one here to celebrate with me. And that's kind of where you're, what you're, what you're talking about, right? Where they're just, they get there and then they realize, Oh, I don't have any friends to really celebrate with. I had some people back, you know, 20 years ago who were running with me, but they fell off somewhere and they didn't ever bother to keep that band of brothers going. Is it so is that's, that's definitely a, even a problem that you're you've been kind of seeing then. Yeah, it is. I mean, and it's not it's not like there aren't people around. There's you know, most likely when you get to a, a certain level, I mean, mm-hmm. again, everything's relative, but you know, just could picture anyone who is successful in whatever their craft is. They have assistants, they have, you know, advisors, they've got right. teams. But a lot of these people are sycophants. These aren't people who are actually on your side. You know, you haven't spent the time that got hard work to build an emotional real connection with them. You haven't gone through the trenches with these people. Right. You know, and the minute that, you know, you don't have something that they want, they're gone, you know, so you know that and they know that. And so there's, there's not going to be an emotional connection that, that type of connection is built through, through years. years and it's a kind of connection that you build with your children and with, with your spouse, mm-hmm. people who you've served in the military with, who you've entrusted your life with. Right. You know, so, those those connections aren't just you don't find that just as a, with a thousand cyber friends on Facebook you you, you got to earn that so and, um, exactly yeah. and that's that's definitely uh, something that a lot of us guys are definitely uh, yeah. recognizing now one of the things uh, noticed while in here on your is you've got different sets of landmarks and that's because you were you've kind of laid it out as almost like a map and those landmarks are places that are in relation to where you're at in your life is, is uh, how I'm understanding it so 
with uh you've got uh, you had what was it like um actually i got them wrote down here there's one two three four there were looks like you had about at least about five different landmarks that you talked about in your book um right yeah the first one being accuracy and the different types of myths now when you're um when you're talking about uh the different types of myths that one of those myths was like it's the midlife crisis where you're uh, where you're kind of wigging out. Is that kind of what you're, what some of those myths are? Well, I mean, um, one of the myths that just comes to my mind as you're asking this question is that old dogs can't learn new tricks. And, and that's oh, not okay. the case. Okay. Okay. I, uh, one of, I mean, for me, instantly, I, I only step back for a second. So one of the main concepts that I bring into, into this book for your, for your audience is to understand that wherever you, wherever you are at this moment, you have a bag of what I call tools right. that you have access to. They may be coming from different aspects of your life, your hobbies, your profession, your vocation. And it just visualize yourself with dump, just putting all those tools on an open table. And okay. from those tools, those what you have to craft your future, whatever it happens to be. So I took my tools and I said, well, here's where I'm at. I'm in a bad spot. So what's on my table? So I... Here are a few of them. I, I'm, I'm an engineer. I'm a, I'm a card-carrying civil engineer. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, in, the, in the water industry, I, um, I'm a competitive bodybuilder. I, like I like to lift weights. I, I ballroom dance. I like to dance as well. <laughs> I, I'm an Eagle Scout. So oh, I, I spend a lot of time in the woods. So just a few things like that. I say, well, how can I piece together a little bit of this, almost like Legos, like take this piece and that piece. How can I take these things and, and get me out of the hole? I feel like I'm in at this moment. So from those tools, I created this map. I took this, my background in what I just described to you, you mm-hmm. know, being um, in the wilderness and surviving and an engineering background. And I created this, this map. And this is a map. And you talked about these points and I, and I labeled them just not one out of more importance than the other, but alphabetically just to be easier to remember. And that was oh, okay. A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> yeah. The, okay. Yeah, I'll a, B, see C, that. D, e, right. The alphabet, right? right. We all that. So accuracy. All right. So balance your destination to endure. Um, um, a, B, C, let's say, I missed, C and then control. C, I missed was control to control, control your power. So I built it simplistically like that. And, Wherever you're at, you won't know where to go unless you know specifically, unless you're real with yourself right? and about where you are at this moment. And once you've done that, once you've humbled yourself to that point, now you can course correct to where you want to go. But not until you understand specifically where you're at, like on a map, right? So until you, you, if you're still stuck in your head um, denying certain things about your life or your circumstance, well, that doesn't give GPS any real data to work with to get you Precisely. Your next right. position. So looking through some of the others, you had like um, in balance, which was one of those topics that where I kind of, uh, when I first saw it, I was like, holy smokes. Okay. What are we talking about on balance? Cause you know, we hear balance and you're, everybody's thinking of work life balance, which uh, I believe is actually a folly. It's, it's not anything that is actually achievable. You can get, do life. You can do, you do work and you, the, to, or to work life, uh, intermingling is closer to a, to a proper term where you, you have to, you're wanting to live life alongside of living, of doing your business. And you can't just try to make split yourself into two 
and make yourself as evenly as possible on the two to to balance out a scale. It's it's I personally th- see that as something impossible. So when it comes to to balancing your life, you really kind of just broke that down into several different fields by the looks of it. Um, so when when you're talking about balance, what are you actually talking about? Well, you know the. My wife really said it the best. She said, you know, this that, it is a myth, and that's exactly, Brian, the way you described it. You know, from a woman's perspective, she said, you know, she's an attorney, and she's worked in uh, corporate America for many years. And, and this idea that you can raise your three kids and bake bread and tuck your kids in at night and go to all of their piano practices and recitals and then you know, kick butt in the corporate, in a corporate boardroom, it's not happening. No. You know, so there has to be, there are some sacrifices that need to be made, but here's the reality. We, there are a lot of dimensions to who we are as people. And Mm -hmm. so from a spiritual standpoint, how do we, how do we fill that gap? I'm a Christian, uh, you know, how do I fill that gap? However it is that you perceive a higher power to be, even if you're not Christian, you know, how do you, how do you reconcile the fact that we're here on this earth a few miles closer to the sun we burn up a few miles away from the sun and and the whole earth freezes to death how did how, how does that happen you know i call it this mystical the greatest engineer of the universe whatever right. you want to call call that um philanthropy how do you how do you give back i mean brian it's what you're doing in a way you're, right. you're you're this is a philanthropic effort of reaching out to these men exactly what you're doing you know financially so there's a whole, and I, and I created a, a wheel with spokes with each one of these aspects of balance that need to be addressed. They can't all be addressed at the same time, right? but they do, they do need time and attention. Almost like if you were to plunge down into water, how long can you hold your breath before you got to come back up? Okay. I mean, without scuba gear, you know, I can get into here, I can focus here, and, and now I got to go here. Right. And, and I can't give everyone... Um, all my time and attention. I'll tell you, even in church, I, I once had a meeting with my pastor and he said, you know, John, we want you to take on this new calling. And I, and it's going to be, I, I just want to prep you, John. It's, it's a very time consuming yet important responsibility want to give to you. And I already had something that was kind of heavy on me right. um, with church. And I said, I'm willing to accept the calling, but I'm not willing to accumulate them. So you got to drop me from the last gig for me to do the new one. I, I, <laughs> that's a, that's saying a good no way to put is it. powerful. Of just oh, yes, very like. much so. <laughs> say being able to say no is probably one of the biggest, um, biggest and most effective tools a guy has in his toolbox that he most of us fail to use. It just kind of sits there on the side, and we may si- pull it out as a last resort, uh, and just it would make you so much happier and so and have so much more fulfillment if you were to say use that no a heck of a lot more because yeah, it sounds really good, but you know, okay, it might be a calling, it, but it's your calling, it's not my calling. I've got a calling that I've got a. You're, you're helping middle-aged men. I'm helping men to, to, to get the, get started so that they can actually start to relax and start to breathe <laughs> while you're just helping, you're helping men who have, have made it to the, to the pinnacle and they're just, they're wondering, okay, what do I do? I, I've made it here. What, I, what do I, what do we do now that we're at the top? And you've 
I love how you've laid a lot of those out. Besides for balancing, you, you know, yeah, you've got to maintain your physical health and, and what that peace of mind is and, and friends and family. And it's really interesting because I see all these and these are a lot of the things that, cause relaxed mail has four pillars, uh, that I recommend the guys work on. And that's their mind, their body, their soul and their community. Cause you've got to be a man is constantly learning the moment he stops learning and stops educating himself is the moment he starts dying. You've got to feed your soul. We were born in the image of our, of our Lord. Our Lord is also known as the creator. So he wants us to create, create something, create anything. And most people find that they're, they're, they're nurtured. Their soul gets fed when they are creating either it's connections with other people or uh, creating, um, uh, just art, you know, being, doing something out of art, creating something out of nothing. Then there is a body. We always have to be getting ourselves into shape. And that's, that's my, that one big pillar that I really am. <laughs> I'm starting to work on and I'm realizing that, um, yeah, you can't, you can't live like a 25 year old for the rest of your life. Uh, things catch up quite quickly once once you get past uh past 30 and then there's the community we no man's an island we have we have our need to have our friends we've got to have our band of brothers so that we can all look towards other uh look to other men for inspiration but it's not just your friends it's uh your family the community and so it spans out. And so we can't just be ourselves just tucked away. And I see that like your spirituality, which is again, that can be your, uh, be your, your, um, your part of the, uh, feeding the soul because you want to make sure that you, uh, are, are a part of a group. And well, actually in spirituality can also fit in with, you know, your, your community because you want to have your church family and, and folks like that. So I love how, uh, a lot of this is I I, I read I see all the uh, the different uh, sub chapters under under the landmarks of balance and yeah it's like boom you're you're hitting on on so much of financial sufficiency of being one now uh, the one that I I hadn't quite I haven't got to it yet and I was kind of curious and I was going to ask you about it plantronics what do you mean by that as a, a balance of plantronics plantronics yeah uh... let me. See here. Let me pull it. I've got my, I happen to have the handy dandy book right here beside me. So, um, yeah, or not plantronics. Oh, got to love autocorrect. Uh, philanthropy. Okay. I was philanthropy, like, <laughs> yes. yeah, because I was writing, I write everything. Uh, during the day, I, I actually, uh, I still have a, a a day job of driving a truck, and so whenever I get to wherever I am for the night, I was reading through there, and I was I used just to use the phone for uh, for the uh, for making taking all the notes, and autocorrect went off and grabbed me. So I love that. no 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 I, I, yeah, <laughs> I love that. It's like plantronics, <laughs> and I was like, I got to looking at it afterwards, and I was like, plantronics. What it's is a headset. I think it's a headset brand. I think yeah, they got a headset well, brand. Yeah. <laughs> Instant. I have to tell you, like uh, the the truck drivers. I think that is just one of the hardest jobs that I could ever imagine. Uh, just to be able to focus on the road. I I don't know if it's ADD or what I have, but I think I spend two hours on the road, and I'm already just feeling just fatigued. I got to pull to the side of the road. 
and the drivers who spend that much time on the road and also being spending that much time away from their family and loved ones. Hats off to you. Yeah. Well, that the, the huge, and that's, huge. I, I did a, I, I used to have a, a different truck driving job. I was in the oil field for 12 years and that one was a tough one. And I'm not a over the road truck driver. I do, uh, I do spend, you know, five days at a time, typically, uh, away from the wife, but uh, I've also was in the Navy. So there was, uh, there was times where our whole marriage has been where I've been home for a little bit and then gone and then come back and home for a little bit and then gone. Um, and so she's anytime I'm home more than a, a week at a time, it's, she starts making, making comments about, you might want to go find something to do. You know, I, I, I start getting into her hair way too much. But, um, working at, at, for in the oil field, yeah, there was times where I was gone for, uh, a month at a time. Oh, we would ju- be going from one oil well to another oil well to another oil well. And so finally, uh, back in, what was it? 20, just, uh, 2019, uh, there was a big, uh, back when the oil, uh, was starting to slow up and, and stuff. I was like, all right, we got to, this is a good time to jump off the train before it, uh, something either crashes or it picks up and I'm gone for months at a time also, because I do want to try to get this, this coaching business up and moving and I can't do it while, you know, uh, while I'm perpetually gone. So I ended up finding a better truck driving job. That's just a little regional and you just, it, we're going from here down to East Texas and back. And it's a, um, and it's a lot easier. Uh, you've actually got a set driving time. We're more, uh, more legal <laughs> than, than what, uh, in oil field is oil field. You've got, cause the, uh, uh, truck driving is one of the most, is the re- most regulated, unregulated industry there is. Regulated, and, unregulated. Yep. Yeah, it is. It, it's not, act, you know, you've got like, uh, engineers and, and doctors and lawyers and they're all, they've all got these, you know, specific regulations while, uh, the trucking industry, you really not any type of regulation. Uh, it's not a regulated industry. And so, but yet there are so many laws and, and things about how you can try, how you can haul, uh, haul a load, how you, uh, how much you can haul and all that and how much you can actually have, how much weight you can have on each axle of your truck. And you can only drive for eight hours at a time before you have to stop for a 30 minute break. And then you can, but you can also within a 14 hour period, you can drive for a total of 11 hours. And I mean, it's just, it gets so confusing and, and try to talk to it to my wife. And she's just like, but you don't want, Cops, <laughs> it confuses, it confuses a lot of people who are not in that. And so, yeah, it's a, it being driving a truck is, it's one of those things where it's, and that's actually one of the issues where I, in my, when I turned 40, one of the things I realized is that I had watched my kids grow up from, from just be entering school and stuff. From the, from basically watched them grow up from the dash of a truck. And that was just something that really just crushed me because I wasn't there for probably some of the worst times that they really needed a dad to kind of put their arms around them shoulder and say, Hey, you've got this. I know it sounds, it sounds cheesy. It sounds horrible, but that's kind of how life works and be able to instill, you know, the, the, uh, the masculine influence that I, that, uh, young teenagers, uh, teenage boys really need from their father. 
that uh that masculine uh uh way of of living to the daughters so that they understand what they need to look for whenever they're out looking for a, a man to to team up and and live life with and so yeah it's to to be able to um to be able to find that uh what it a way to to do that was to you know was to, was a, a bit of a challenge for uh especially for me and you with you uh, doing uh civil engineering i mean i i would have to say that there was quite a few times that um you, and you worked with uh in uh you said with water so i'm assuming that you're dealing with more of the um, uh, I'm going to express my ignorance, but I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't like with the Army Corps of Engineers, or was that something that you were with? So just basically um, pipe distress, so pipe installation. So, oh, okay. I mean, okay. oil and, and water are fluids, and they're moving through the pipe. So we've got to pump it. We've got to store mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, so that's kind of the same thing, I, I, but, but from the water side. Okay. And, um, but, but, you know, I want to make a point based on what you said. You know, I, I almost felt like it... <laughs> Like you felt bad that you were in the the trucking industry. Look at what we're in right in here today. Like I, I can't get products in my house, right? Because the whole shipping industry. I'm right here near the port of L.A., and there's like container ships just waiting out there, just jamming their way trying to get into the port. You know, uh, and we can't get things if we don't have truck don't drivers. Have truck drivers. Right. So, and, and like that, you, that was one thing that really balanced, balanced the, the angst that I understood. But at the same time, uh, when it comes to driving a truck, that was, that's, it's, uh, it did the job that it was needed to do, which is what a lot of us guys do. We will see that we, there's a job that needs to be done. Right. And we'll, we'll jump into it and we'll worry about what the ramifications are uh, mm-hmm. later, later on. And so, with with having a uh, um having a a chance to kind of stop and i think that's where a lot of guys really uh run into an issue and that's where that that quote unquote crisis for the uh, in the midlifes come from yeah. is that we we get to a point and we all of a sudden it's like all right well let's we're at a point now where we can actually take um take a a a note of of what the damages may have been, and we see that our uh, all of a sudden our our the damages that we did were not what we expected were going to be. You know, yeah, driving a truck, I was able to make a good bit of money. I was a, made uh, there's a couple times where the uh, the oil field was just booming and just going crazy, and I'm came in uh one year just uh just a couple thousand short of breaking a hundred thousand i was just like holy smokes and then uh, next year was <laughs> was it was it, it was a bust it was you know we went from almost making a hundred thousand to almost making 40 and so there was that big swing where you had to really uh pay attention and so it's yeah it there's 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 times where we have we us us men struggle and think yeah we, we're able to make this we're able this is doing real good but then you know, like I said we we hit um 
we zoom past so many things that all of a sudden we don't realize that we missed some really big critical uh, landmarks that yeah. uh, need to actually be be addressed. And that's one thing I like about what it looks like your your book actually uh, talks about is those those landmarks that uh, when you're taking an assessment of where uh, where you are, what do you need to shore up? What do you what have you done really good with? Uh, I like how you've uh, especially in the balance section. Um, now you also talk about um, about uh, different hot zones, and so what are those? Uh, that is, yeah, that is actually hot zones. I, I, I know that one for a fact. Uh, what when you talk about a hot zone? What are, what are you? Because most people hear hot zone, you know, they're thinking, oh, that's a highly infectious area, and so <laughs> especially yeah. with last yeah. year. So what, are, what when it comes to a hot zone? What are those? Well, um, I put a graph in the book, and really, the hot zone came out of an, a, a simple observation that I make, made right b- before I even started Live Extra and, and wrote the book. Okay. And that was, how come you see, at least from the public perception, people who seem to have fame and fortune and beauty and lifestyle... They have everything that everyone's really hustling and working to try to achieve. Even the op, kind of this image of the perfect family walking through the street, perfectly mm-hmm. dressed, color coordinated kids. <laughs> you see this, this. It's all. It's perhaps somewhat staged, of course. But why do these people seem to like suddenly implode? What's happening in their life where they're going oh, to jail, okay. or they're they're going to rehab, or they're going to court for some stupid crime that they may have. You know, uncharacteristic right. bad decision they made, okay? Right. We all make decisions. But uncharacteristic seemingly to this person or going through, you know, a horrific divorce. Like, what, what's happened to this person who seemed like they had it all and now is about to lose everything? Right. Okay. How can that be? So that's where this dynamic came to pass. And this is probably the engineer mind that came, came together for me. If you could take a graph... And just draw a line at a 45-degree angle going up. Okay. And it's not exactly like this, but you could say that by the time you know, you're at birth and you're moving into your 20s, your 30s, and your 40s, you're accumulating some things, some mm-hmm. good things. Maybe some influence, maybe a little bit of money, maybe some connections, okay. yeah. some expertise. These are things that are increasing through that phase of your life. Now, they certainly will taper down as, as we get older, but you're moving into max 30, 40, 50, right in that range. Right. But there's also things that are decreasing. And this is, again, just very general, but you know, one thing that's decreasing is time. You're running out of time. Mm-hmm. The sands of time just move on. So at birth, you have you know all things considered, nothing goes wrong. You got maybe 80, 90 years. But as right. each decade goes by, you have that much less. And you also may have less peace. And the way I prescribed that was, is, you know, more things are happening. I'm having to work. I'm raising a family. Uh, maybe I'm suffering through some injuries or some, some other type of injury. So right. there are elements that are increasing and there are elements that are decreasing right. over time. And these are, these are, these are, this is a negative decrease. This is a negative dynamic coming down okay. with a positive dynamic going up. Now where these two cross, mm-hmm. Is what I is considered like a collision course, a collision course between the good and the bad of a person's life. 
And there's a range of time that happens that that's not like some magical day. Right. But it seemed like it was within this time frame of about maybe 30 to 50 years old. There's this range. And I, that's why I crosshatched this section of where, where this convergence is happening between the positive okay. and the negative. Okay. And that okay. is the hot zone. It's this time frame is where I believe most of these problems are happening. So much good is happening, yet so much trauma, so much stress, so much misunderstanding, uncharacteristic bad decisions that are being made, Mm -hmm. where the next decision that you make in your life informs the destiny of everything that you did in the past. You could have lived a a perfectly pristine life Mm -hmm. for the last 45 years of your life, and then you go out there in a road rage situation, pull out a gun and blow off the head of the guy behind you, you're going to prison. Right. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your reputation. You're going to lose your standing in the community. You're going to lose the time away from your loved ones. And everything that you just did for the last 40 years of your life has now been informed by one uncharacteristic bad decision. And this is what's happening over time. We have so much to lose during this phase of our life. Your audience. You have more to lose now than when we were young, dumb kids in college. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? We could do stupid stuff back then. Well, I mean, we could even go to prison. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We didn't have a dollar to our name. We didn't have kids' dependents. We didn't have reputations. But you make those type of decisions now, Brian. Right? Oh yeah. With our audience, with your audience, and yeah, we're, the yeah. whole floor is going to fall out from underneath. Precisely everything that you worked so hard to build. It, yeah, and that's what we want to avoid. Okay, okay. Now the other thing that you really kind of mentioned here, and it kind of got my attention. And at first, I not, at first, I honestly, was thinking when you the, on the on the hero mindset uh, that you were this was being written more for men, but I uh, also noticed that you were uh, shortly thereafter. After that, I realized no, you you actually write for both men and women. It's uh, everybody who's in that. Uh, in that 30 to 60 uh, uh, years of age uh, demographic. And that is uh, one thing that I have noticed here recently, because I've started helping uh, a lot of men who are going through divorce. And it's almost, uh, I've seen, and granted, I I understand, you know, 98% of all internet uh, statistics are made up, but I, it seems I've heard anywhere from from sixty to eighty percent of new new divorces that are going on are being initiated by the women, and it's not. A, I'm not saying that as a means to 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 dog women at all, but it just is there. I'm actually saying that as more of a means of kind of of uh, pointing out that a lot of those midlife affairs that actually happen. You know, and those divorces that come about, um, it almost seems as if somewhere along the way, a lot of the men have stepped away from, from their, their duty. They're, have stopped doing something in that, uh, in the realm of what they were needing to be doing. And I think that uh, fits in a lot with what you're talking about on that hot zone because, you know, may stopped, uh, have stopped, um, Living your life on on your actual terms, you started living life, uh, uh, playing it small. And the fact that you are now, 
giving up your wife asked you to give up your 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 friends that you had before you were married or give up the men's group that you like to go to or give up a hobby and because you have made those little minuscule cho- uh, choices those little minuscule choices have built up and built up to the point where now you're no longer the the man that your the wife has actually wanted to uh, marry was interested in when y'all were married and so now she has she's in that because she's now works uh, more women work and more men and w- men are kind of almost transitioning out of the out of the the work area where they're kind of taking over a lot of what uh used to be uh the 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 women's the woman's job uh to where they're take they're staying home they're taking care of the kids they're they're running to uh you know PTO meetings and and things like that while uh mom is out of the house and she's now doing all doing all the uh uh actually earning the the bringing home the uh the the lion's share of the pay it almost seems like the the fact that those are those items are happening is that's almost that very good example of what that hot zone is where those little choices that men have made and all the little choices the women made uh, accumulate. And now you've got 30 year olds, 40 year old women who are going, Holy smokes, I've got a midlife crisis. I need to start seeing if I can find myself. And you've got guys going, Holy smokes. I was, I I let my half my life go. And you've got everybody kind of screaming and hollering and and wondering why, where they went wrong at, and that's with the uh, with the midlife affairs. Um, is that is that just one little hot zone, or is that just a a, an, a like uh, like a lot of others where it's just an accumulation of of just bad choices that end up causing someone to stray off from, from the, uh, uh, from their commitments or are they, or is it just, uh, just a matter of just one little bad decision that they, somebody decided to make is. is, Well, I think the hot zone is a, is a, it's a, it's a mixed bag of a lot of things that are, I mean, it's a crash, it's a collision course, right? Okay. So within the hot zone, you could be the, the affair might be something that's been happening or gets discovered. You know, there's a time where a lot of people, I mean, I even talk about some celebrities who seemingly had it all who, you know, ended up killing themselves, you know, right. and, and because men, we suffer in silence, most of us. And what you're doing, mm-hmm. Brian, is so amazing to help encourage these men to come out and, and to speak, to find a safe place to be able to share these type of conversations. And that's what I'm doing, too, is you know, they don't have to suffer in silence because the, the, the silence is the killer. It is you're right. Silence is we're not talking about this. The silence is the killer, even in, in a relationship. The fact that we're not having these talks, you're not home to have this talk. You don't want to talk about this comfortable thing. You know, maybe, maybe our sexual relationship isn't compatible anymore. We're kind of, we're strangers now. We, we, we spent a lifetime raising our kids and now we're home empty nesters. We don't even know each other anymore. So <laughs> Precisely. no two stories are, no two stories are exactly the same, but what complicates this, this, this hot zone, this increasing and decreasing is when you, fa- you when you multiply that by a spouse who lives in your home, who's also going through, going through her this, own, this, this collision course as right. well. So, okay. you know, it, it, 
I, I, I hope it doesn't come across that, you know, what is the man doing wrong to fill the woman? Because the woman, this, she's an adult too. She's right. got to figure her own stuff out as well. So she has to be asking those questions the same. It's a team effort. Exactly. But nonetheless, but nonetheless we're, we're all in this game. It doesn't matter what your background, your ethnicity, your religion, your sexual orientation. We're all in the, the midlife club. If you're in that 30 to 65, 30 to 65, you know, range, as far as I'm concerned, and all these dynamics are happening and all these conversations and these, this, this, this acknowledgement of where you're at needs to happen okay. for you to get past this portion this so, and thrive through this phase of life. So what are some ways if you're finding, uh, that you're, that you're kind of, you're, I'm going to stick with kind of the, the, just because it's the terminology that I understand, uh, or under, that's come to mind right now. But if you find yourself in that midlife crisis and trying to see if I can get this out and see if we can get an answer here, uh, fairly quick, cause look, but, um, what are some ways that you can, are there are there tools that you can actually take do to actually make a a good assessment as to where you are in relation to to your to your midlife crisis is, is there something that is that you can actually do to be able to help your help you not make that crisis so so bad is that a- well the the first thing is to be very is to be accurate with yourself and okay. and and I in the book talk about having to get, I got to the point where it was so toxic in my home. I was toxic that I, I had to go to a psychiatrist. Uh, I mean, I was at a point where I was extremely desperate. Listen, I, I live in a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood. I look at the sea outside my window here <laughs> wow. on the outside, looking in, people think this guy's got everything. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, this guy wants to basically end everything on the inside, just feeling so miserable. So, uh, demoralized, discounted, ignored in so many aspects of like, and let me make this clear. It doesn't matter what your, what your income is, what your background is. You're in the, you're in the, you're in the midlife club. If you're in that 30 to 65, this conversation is for all of us. Right. Okay. Okay. Everything's relative. But I, I had in those first meetings with my psychiatrist, she said, Hey, listen, John, look, okay. You're in a depot. I get it. You got, there's two different ways that you can look at your experience and I'm going to frame it from the narrative, the first off of that being the Greek tragedy. A book on a Greek tragedy ends tragic. So you're probably, John, in the last couple chapters of a Greek tragedy. And, you know, as things progress, if I never see you again, good luck, because probably not going to be so good. Mm. But the other way you could look at it is you're in a deep hole, and this could be the beginning of embarking on an epic hero's journey. And as I thought about a hero from the standpoint of like a, a magician, a sorcerer, you know, some an elf in these ma- magical movies, how does it apply to me as a midlife man? Right. Well, it applies to me because the hero aren't these people in on the silver screen who, you know, bombs get dropped on these on these these superheroes and they come out unscathed except for some tears in their in their spandex uniforms. <laughs> Heroes are mothers and fathers who are raising children without spouses who right. are putting food on the table. Heroes are our first responders, our military, our police force who go out every day. That job's harder than going into the military as far as I'm concerned. Cause you know, when you're at war in the military, when you go out as a police officer, every day you step out of your house, 
it's game on. Right. So these are the heroes. And once you once you get straight in your head, like how bad when you're accurate with yourself of where you are in your life, physically, mm. mentally, emotionally, again, that's now your beginning. If that's your rock bottom, okay, now you once you've touched the bottom, you've got something to jump off of. Okay. Once I yeah, hit the bottom of the pool, I can squat off that, I can thrust off that to work my way back towards the top of the of the water line to get a breath of air. Okay. Once you know where that is, now we've got we can start the conversation of okay, let's rip out the map, let's rip out the compass, and let's course correct to where we need to go. Okay. That's the first step of taking it. Because everyone's story is going to be different, right? We're all coming right. from diff- different backgrounds, but be accurate with where you are. Be brutal, brutally accurate with where you are. And from that point, now the healing and the journey begins. Okay. All right. So, John, as we go ahead and start wrapping up, um, how can uh, how can people get around and find you, be able to, uh, to follow what you're doing, get, how they can they uh, get a copy of your book? I'm a I'm hero mindset.net hero mindset. There's there's another book out there, the hero, but I'm hero mindset.net. And that page will take you to live extra. You can even look up live extra.com. You can look up my personal website at John Tang T is in Tom E N G. Okay. John Tang.com. And, um, you know, I encourage everyone to, to start from where you're at. You know, you're in the you you from the Navy. I, I in the background you might not see here, but I've got I am a huge uh, student of the Navy SEAL community. Right. I, I never was a Navy SEAL, uh, but I, I I study them from the standpoint of mindset, not from military tactic. Right. The mm-hmm. idea of mindset, and one of the things that they talk about is that when they're at war, when they need to retreat from a bad situation, they go to a safe place. And their safe place in the seals is the water. They, right. they, they retreat to the water. If they can get to water, they're safe. Mm-hmm. They know that environment well. So what you're doing for your men and for my men, for my audience, is we're trying to provide a safe place for them. We want to bring them to a place where they, can, they don't need to feel silent. And they can start to hear other people talk about what's real, how, being accurate with themselves so they could go through that process as well. Right. Let's just let's put away all the BS. Let's be real, real with who we are, with where we're at. And that's now, a tough one to do. It's a tough one to do. It takes a hero mindset to really come to terms with how screwed up our life is at that moment. Right. But you know what's so neat? The fact, and you even mentioned this. I get, I'm getting chills when you say this. When you said this, um, you you were truck driving long haul. And you realize like this isn't working for me anymore. I gotta find another way and I'm trying to build this business. So I modified my situation. I didn't go cold turkey, but I modified my situation <laughs> so that I could work more more flexible schedule. Right. The mere fact, the mere fact that your audience feels disenfranchised or disgruntled with their circumstance, that's a good thing. If you're just walking around like a zombie, checking in, checking out, that's bad. Because you're never right. going to get out of a situation that, that has turned you into a lifeless zombie. Right. Okay. I, I see what the you're saying. The fact that yeah, you are pissed off, if you're pissed off, if you're disgruntled, if you're feeling like there's got to be more in life, that's part of the first step. And everyone in your audience should feel thrilled by the fact that that type of emotion is happening inside of them. Right. Because that's gonna that type of pissed off feeling is going to eventually get to the point where will bubble up where you'll say, okay, 
I do need to make a change. Now, what you don't want to do is them turn to alcohol or drugs right. to kind and of mask that's, the that's pain. A, yeah, to buffer themselves is, is that's right. never serves. But what you're doing is saying, okay, here's the alternative. Right. Let's instead of trying to mask it, let's be real. Let's dig open that wound. Let's scratch it open. If we don't really open it wide up, we can't put the ointment on it to heal it. Precisely. And that's what you're doing. And yes, that's sir. what I'm doing. Okay. Is bringing him to that point. So it's a, it's a, in itself, it's a philanthropic, spiritual, community service thing that we're both trying to do to help our audiences. And I think it can create a lasting legacy the more broadly we can both spread our messages to the yeah. world because there's a lot of people out there silently suffering, Brian. Yeah, I agree there completely. And it's it's something that's been trying to working to 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 rectify and get guys to to really learn to breathe, learn to breathe, and to start living their life on their terms. And I think that's precisely what the hero's mindset does. Thank so, you, John. Thank you again for uh, coming on here, guys. If get a chance, get out there, pick up a copy of the Hero Mindset. Um, I'm still reading through it, but uh, what I have read is is great. It's a, a, a tremendous, unique, and different way of, of looking at what happens in your life, especially if you haven't made it up to thirty that thirty year line where you're starting to enter into uh, to midlife, or even if you're you know you think you're got that you're not even at that uh you're still got a ways to go before you get to the midlife it doesn't hurt to start at least inspecting it and seeing what it what's it going to take to to have a good and fulfilling midlife and I, this book will help keep you using their, that map and using those different landmarks will help you to be able to get uh to your destination uh, a lot easier and and John, you, you did great, great with it. Like I said, I still haven't quite finished it. I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I'll probably take me a, uh, a couple more weeks of, of good heart, solid reading, but I, I'm enjoying what I've gotten to so far, man. Well, the audible version is coming its way and perhaps you can Even watch better. it while you can listen to it while you're driving. <laughs> and on yeah. this con- on that concept of younger men, you know, I did have a, um, a young man once reached out to me and said, you know, this type of book ha- would ha- is helping him to understand kind of preemptively what's coming down the line in the future to kind of prepare. So it is, it is for everybody. And, um, and um, hats off to you for what you're doing, Brian. Well, hats off to you too, sir. me to continue my messaging. So I appreciate your time that you've given me to be, to speak with your audience. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're able to come on and uh, we'll definitely, I'm going to keep on touch and cause and see how everything keeps going with you. So thank you, Brian. All God right. Bless. Okay. Well, you take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.